It is a real privilege to be able to be sharing with you this morning and to be talking about prayer. I do want to start with um, a bit of a personal story, a bit of an embarrassing personal story, really. When I was a kid, before every meal, I would pray the same prayer. I would say, Dear Lord, thank you for this lovely food. Amen. Word for word, every time. Dear Lord, thank you for this lovely food. Amen. And, um, well, I remember being maybe nine years old, and uh, I was having brekkie. For whatever reason, other, everyone else had had brekkie at different times, and so it was just me in the room, and the phone rang, and uh, it was back in the day when there was one phone in the whole house, and whoever's nearest has to go to it. And so I ran to the phone, I picked it up, and I said, Dear Lord, thank you for this lovely food, I'm in. <laughs> what I meant to say was, Hello, Jip Smart speaking, how can I help you? Um, but uh, wires had been crossed, and my two little memorized go-tos got swapped around. And so I had a little memorized go-to for picking up the phone, and I had a little memorized go-to for saying grace. And I don't think it, it revealed anything to me at the time, but it's one of those things where, you know, you just kind of remember that embarrassing moment from years and years and years ago, and it never leaves you. And upon reflecting, I wonder how sincere my prayer was. Because that's a really good prayer, actually, as simple as it is. Dear Lord, thank you for this lovely food. Amen. Dear Lord God, you are dear to me. You are wonderful and precious. Thank you for this lovely food. That is, that is um, emphatic gratitude, right? Amen. That's all it needs to be. And yet, it meant nothing coming out of my mouth except this is what I do before I eat. Um, Prayer is not about the words. It's about the heart of it. And so the title of this sermon is Adoring Prayer. I want us to grow in adoring prayer. Now, what do I mean by adoring prayer? Do I mean adoring to pray? Do I mean adoring God in prayer? Of course, the answer is yes. Yes, both. I want us to love God more. I want us to love praying to God more. Um, so, we're going to start with, you know, I'll give you a little breakdown of what the sermon's going to look overall. Um, we're going to look at why and how we adore God in prayer, uh, then we are going to pray together, and then we're going to talk about the meaning of praying in Jesus' name. Um, I think that's going to increase our confidence in prayer, uh, increase our worship in prayer, and so, uh, I think that's going to be worthwhile. Let's start, though, together by saying the Lord's Prayer. Got a slide for that. There we go. We're going to say it straight out of Matthew verse, uh, chapter 6, verses 9 to 13. Let's say it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, it's wonderful to pray together. It's, I love to pray, and yet... I, I have to confess that it's something that we at King's Cross have neglected a little bit during the service this year, maybe more than a little bit. Um, one of my roles here is 
our liturgy leader, I, I kind of plan what a Sunday service is going to look like, and I err on the side of simplicity. And so this year, um, we haven't been praying a lot together. And I know there's a culture of prayer at King's Cross, and I see that culture of prayer in how we spend time together in communion. In our gathering uh, before the service at 9.30, there's a prayer meeting. Anyone and everyone is welcome, and people join there. We love praying together, but also it should be part of the regular Sunday meeting more. And um, so apologies for neglecting that. Um, may we grow in it going forward. We're going to be doing a bit more praying together during this sermon. We were praying together essentially right then, even though it, it's sort of a, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. That's, I don't think that takes anything away from the meaning of the prayer we were praying. It's kind of a necessity to kind of stay in sync with each other. That tone isn't going to stop, you know, uh, maybe a tear from rolling down Stephen's cheek as we pray it. It's a beautiful, wonderful prayer. <laughs> And so this sermon isn't about tone. It isn't about, or it is going to be a bit about the words, but understanding the words, it really is about the heart of it. And I love this prayer. Of course, we have to love this prayer. We're Christians, aren't we? But I love this prayer because, especially because Jesus says, pray like this, and then does it. We get to see Jesus pray a bunch of times in the New Testament. Um, in the Gospels, and it's wonderful, and there's always something we can draw from his example, but here in particular, he's saying, look at how I pray and pray like it. And so let's look closely at this example. Um, we're going to divide it into two sections. God is great, and God, we need you. That's the sum of it, isn't it? The first half, um, God's name be hallowed, God's kingdom come, God's will be done. And then the second half, we need God's sustenance, we need God's forgiveness, we need God's protection. And um, the way it starts is pure adoration. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your name is above all. Your name is great. Your name is holy and may everyone know it. May it be seen and adored for what it is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It is pure adoration. And the next two lines, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's adoring as well. It's praising, isn't it? There's a thread of worship in what Jesus is asking for as he comes to the Father. So I want us to grow in adoring in prayer. Um, how much of your prayer life is just adoring God? I'm not asking for a number, I'm not asking for a percentage, but uh, let's reflect... How much, when we pray, are we just adoring God? Thanks, Anna. She said, that's a good question. I think for a lot of us, prayer happens mostly on an as-needed basis, right? I need something, I'll pray for it. Someone asks me for something, I'll pray for them. I've remembered someone else's struggle, I'll pray for them kind of just as things come up, right? How often does the, the compulsion to worship God in prayer just come up? Maybe for some of us, adoring prayer, worshiping prayer in prayer really is the easiest kind of prayer. It really does come naturally. I think maybe for some of us, we do actually wake up with the praises of God on our lips and we go to sleep dreaming of worshiping Him and that's wonderful. But today this is an invitation for all of us to grow in that, that is good for all of us, 
We need to praise God. And we are made to praise God. Not that God needs our praises. Sometimes we will praise each other uh, in sin to, to flatter each other, to kind of get on someone's good side. Sometimes we will praise each other to just honour someone appropriately. Um, sometimes we're doing it to help combat some low self-esteem or, or some other issue that they're struggling with. God doesn't have low self-esteem. God doesn't need our help. He cannot be flattered. And quite frankly, it'd be impossible to overstate his greatness. God doesn't need our praises. God doesn't need our worship. We need to worship him. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the sovereign over all creation. Uh, We, people, will praise rock stars, sports stars, movie stars, movies and TV shows, brands and products. I think as we reflect, it's easy to see that we are inclined towards praise. We are made to praise. And God is worthy of praise above all of these other things. So it's just right that we praise him. But it's also good for us because um, we are inclined away from God as well, aren't we? (laughs) We are inclined away from God and praising God points our hearts towards him. Praising God etches on our hearts his goodness so that we remember it later when we need to be reminded of it. And praising God is a way of swimming against the tide of our own selfishness. Praise God. We can praise God. All right. How do we actually grow in this, though? I think the best way is practice. Practice makes perfect, as they say. So in a minute, we are going to take some time together and just praise God. We're going to pray to Him without asking for anything, not that it's wrong to ask Him for anything, without being distracted by anything else, hopefully, really just go to God and praise Him. But I want to help prepare us a little bit more for it, because I think one of the challenges for us when we go, okay, I am going to sit down and just praise God, is the question, what do I say? What does... What can be said that isn't kind of just like already known? So it's important to understand that as we praise God, we're preaching to ourselves. We're pointing our hearts towards him. And that it doesn't get old. I'm just thinking about whether to use this example. I'll use this example. I tell Tripthi, my wife, too often that she's beautiful. Sometimes she tells me, look, you've said it too much and it doesn't mean anything today. And I'm not throwing her under the bus or anything. (laughs) Sorry, no. Sometimes I'm really just like not reading the room and this isn't actually helping it at all to be like, really, you're a pretty lady. Um, But... (laughs) In contrast, it never gets old to tell God he's beautiful. It never gets old and it isn't overdone. Does that make sense? Was that helpful or was that just a weird distraction? Sorry, that wasn't written down. Um, (laughs) Oh, good, excellent. (laughs) 
Um, okay. But when we can't find the words to praise God, I think we forget that we actually frequently come across the words, frequently engage in the words. We just usually do it to music, don't we? If you're in church, if you're in church regularly, every Sunday you are saying words of praise to God and we can use those words of praise with or without music. We can come to God and repeat. I, I loved some of the words. We, I loved a lot of the words that we sang today. Forever he is glorified. Forever he is lifted high. Forever he is risen. He is alive. He is alive. That's all just true. We're not changing anything by saying it, but we are, it's worth saying, isn't it? We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. Praise God. We can just say that in prayer. I've got an example on a slide as well, very famous uh, doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. I'll say it and not sing it, you're welcome. (laughs) Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It isn't even saying anything about God. It's just saying praise Him. Sometimes praising God is just saying praise God. How many times have we sung hallelujah? What does hallelujah actually translate to? Praise God. That's all. Sometimes that's all it takes. That's all it takes to praise Him. Another way we can bolster and practice and inspire our praise to God is, of course, in Scripture. So let's look at Psalm 8. Beautiful Psalm 8. We're just going to look at the first four verses. O Lord, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Isn't that just beautiful praise? Out of the mouth of babies and infants. Have I, have I done a typo or something? Oh, gotcha. Yes, yeah, so we've got babies and infants here today. And out of their mouths, God is establishing strength. Isn't it amazing that God works through the weak, through the helpless, through the dependent, through the inappropriately loud at times? When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, yes, what a wonderful thing to look at God's great works. How immense is his power that he can create all of creation. That we sung God's glory reaches further than the furthest star and he made that star. Isn't that awesome? What is man? that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him. Knowing this immense distance between us and the greatness of God, that he would relate to us, that he would come to us and connect with us, that he would love us, each and every one of us individually, isn't that awesome? Praise be to God. So we are going to take a couple minutes now and uh, just praise God, whether on your own silently, whether on your own out loud, maybe with someone next to you, maybe with the help of someone next to you, parents especially, I think it would be wonderful to invite your kids into this and show them how you praise God, show them how you worship God with the help of Psalm 8 or any scripture or any song. When most of us have phones on us, we can look up the lyrics, any song that worships God. We're just going to take a few minutes. I'm going to get down as well and join my family and we're just going to praise God for a couple of minutes in prayer. Let's practice adoring God in prayer. Great God, you are worthy of all praise. We see your goodness in countless ways. You are rich in mercy, perfect in justice, unimaginable in glory. What a privilege to come to you in prayer. 
What a wonder, wonder it is that we can stand before you clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. You are amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, family. It's wonderful to pray with you. Um, and what a privilege it is to be able to go to God in Jesus' name. I do want to spend a little bit more time now. This is going to be the last part of the sermon, talking about what a wonderful thing that is, that we can go to God in Jesus' name. Um, but first, a quick tangent. Can anyone tell me, this is not a Bible question at all, can anyone tell me what is the magic word? Please, that's right. And what is magic about that word? Nothing. Okay, um, I'll, I'll change the question a little bit. What is the difference between, may I have some water, and please may I have some water? <laughs> Say that again. Manners maketh man. It's good manners. <laughs> it's right, it's kinder, it's respectful, isn't it? Um, so, fun fact, what is the origin of the word please? Is it a shortening of the phrase um, if you please, or if it pleases you. And I really like the meaning there. Um, if it pleases you, may I have some water? Isn't that nice? Isn't that humble? Isn't that like to defer to someone else's pleasure that I would get what I want? I really like that. Now, of course, words only mean... Um, Look, they mean some sort of combination of what we intend them to mean and what the person hearing them thinks they mean. So if we don't, if we don't mean that when we say please, that's not the meaning of it, right? But I think the, the origin of it is beautiful. And by and large, in our culture, we call please the magic word, but we know it's not a magic word. We know it isn't just a word that unlocks some special uh, favor with someone, but it is actually a sign of respect. It is a way of honoring someone in our request to them. And so... I think in a similar way, I want to look at how we invoke the name of Jesus, how we say, in Jesus' name, Amen. Because sometimes it can seem a little bit like a magic word or a magic phrase. Like this is, yeah, I'm about to sign off my prayer, but it's a Christian prayer. So it's in Jesus' name, <laughs> right? Um, but it's a lot more than that. When we pray in Jesus' name, we are invoking the authority of Jesus. We are invoking the, the sonship of Jesus. We're saying, we come to you as Jesus. And that is wild. That is huge. In, uh, throughout the New Testament, we see Jesus' name invoked for all sorts of reasons, good reasons. Um, people will baptize in Jesus' name, heal in Jesus' name, cast out demons in Jesus' name, teach and preach in Jesus' name. Paul writes in Colossians 3.17, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's a huge privilege to be able to representing Jesus to other people. This is not a pass to put on the authority of Jesus and then just do whatever we want with it, of course. Uh, when we are doing everything in word or deed in the name of Jesus, this 
must be with the intent to represent his well, serve him well, serving his will, pursuing glory for him. Whatever we do in the name of Jesus, with the authority of Jesus, is to glorify Jesus. But doing everything in the name of Jesus also includes prayer. It's not just representing Jesus to other people. It is also representing Jesus somehow to God the Father. Um, we're not just extrapolating from do everything in word or deed in the name of Jesus, but it's, we have a specific instruction to come to the Father in the name of Jesus. We see it by example in Ephesians 5.20. Thanks, uh, Paul writes to give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we also hear it from Jesus himself in John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then a little later, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We are to go to God in the name of Jesus. What an immense privilege that is. So I want us to understand that when we're given the go-ahead to do that, it is not just a Christian signing off. It is uh, because Jesus has given us access to God by his death on the cross, by his blood washing us clean, by our relationship with him, putting us in relationship with God. It is because of Jesus. And when we go to God, when we go to the Father in the name of Jesus, we are bearing the sonship of Jesus. It's a different story to have a stranger come to me and ask me something or my son or daughter to come to me and ask us something isn't it and it's especially a different story to god the perfect father when god the perfect son comes to him asking for something engaging in relationship with him versus anyone just broken in sin and that is all of us that is all of us christian or not Churched or not, all of us are broken in sin. And so to be able to put on Jesus' righteousness, to put on his name, to put on his holiness when we stand before God, that is awesome. What a privilege. That alone should give us confidence to go to God in prayer. Easily, effortlessly, and deeply, and specially, this is how we go to God, in the name of Jesus because of Jesus, bearing the sonship of Jesus, and for the glory of Jesus. It is the purpose by which we were, for which we were created, to glorify God. We were created to be saved by Jesus, by his immense mercy, by his huge personal sacrifice, and live under him as our eternal king, and live with him in eternal glory, as co-heirs with him to all his inheritance from the Father, what an immense thing that is. That is all in the name of Jesus. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, and that doesn't mean you have to say in the name of Jesus or in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer. It's the heart, right, not the words. When we come to God in prayer and understand it to be in the name of Jesus, well, let's understand that it is because of Jesus, bearing the sonship of Jesus for the glory of Jesus. I think that makes prayer more precious. I think it makes prayer more worshipful as well. When we pray, dear God, please help. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a simple prayer. Dear God, please help. In Jesus' name, amen. That can be anything, that can mean anything from very little to very much, can't it? If dear God is just signing on and please is just being respectful and in Jesus' name, amen, is just signing off, then it can just mean, 
hey, respectfully, help. Or, when we mean what we say and understand what we say, it can mean, dear, precious God, worthy creator who is dear and precious to me, if it please you, if it serve your will, if it's to your glory, help me. And I ask you this in the name of your holy, blameless, spotless son. I ask you this with the expectations of a son coming to his father, of Jesus the son coming to God the father. And I ask you this for his glory. Amen. It's the same words. The tone doesn't even have to change how you say it, but what you mean by it, and God hears that, God knows it, is meaningful, isn't it? And a simple request is more than a simple request. It's worshipful. It's humble. It has appropriate expectation. And it points our hearts all the more to God. I read a quote. It was an anonymous quote, unfortunately, because I couldn't, so I can't tell you who said it. But it was, we study theology in the light so that we can stand on it in the dark. And I really like that quote. What it means is that it might be easy to coast by with a little knowledge, with little understanding when things are going well. But in the dark, when things are going poorly, it is essential that we have a good foundation. It is essential that we have a deep relationship with God, a good understanding of who he is, because that is going to be what keeps us afloat. And I want to add to that that theology in the light also lifts us up higher in the light. That there's nothing wrong with the prayer, hey God, help. In Jesus, we can go to him like that. We really can. And God receives it and hears it and he loves us and he's good to us. What I'm not saying is that we need to have this um, mastery over theology, that we have to understand everything in intricate detail in order to construct these perfect prayers. That's not the takeaway today. Simple prayers still get to God and he loves them. But for those simple prayers to also be worshipful, for those simple prayers to also preach to our own souls, to also etch God's goodness into our hearts. Isn't that just wonderful? Isn't that just better, right? And just to add to our confidence in approaching God, um, even if the theology aspect of it, even if the in Jesus' name aspect seems complicated, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we go to God in prayer. And this is wonderful. I really love this. Paul wrote to the Romans uh, in Romans 8, 26 to 27. Um, I'm shortening it here. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us according to the will of God. Isn't that wonderful? If you're not a Christian, uh, there's, there's a lot of like Christianese here, um, some kind of weird concepts. Jesus died for our sins. If we call him Lord, we are washed clean of our sins. We are, according to God, as far as God is concerned, we are blameless and spotless, and we are worthy to spend eternity with him. Not worthy of anything we've, we've done, but worthy because of what Jesus has done. But also, yeah, amazing, isn't it? 
But also, if we call Jesus Lord, he's given us his spirit. God himself is with us, at work in us, helping us, changing us, moving us, empowering us, and, as we see here in Romans, helping us pray. So it's not just that we go to the Father in the name of the Son, bearing the holiness of the Son, the spotlessness of the Son, the expectations of the perfect Son to his perfect Father, but also the Holy Spirit helps us not stuff it up. It's, it's okay that we're going to pray imperfectly. It's okay that we don't have it all together. The Holy Spirit empowers us and intercedes for us. I like to imagine I go to God in prayer and I stand before the Father on his magnificent throne. Goodness gracious me. I, it's going to be awesome to see God in person, isn't it? Bearing the name of Jesus. And so that's why I'm allowed to sit, stand before him at all. That's why I can be in his presence at all. And I have a message for God, I have a prayer for God, I give it to the Holy Spirit, and He takes it to the Father, and as He takes it, He goes, yep, yeah, that's, that's a little heretical, but the heart is good. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means, but, and he, he fixes it, right? The Holy Spirit comes to God, comes to the Father, sorry, the Holy Spirit is God, Jesus is God, the Father is God. The Holy Spirit comes to the Father with our prayers fixed. Isn't that awesome? And so we should have confidence to just come to God and pray. I don't know what to say. It doesn't matter. Pray to God. And in the practicing of praying and the Spirit working with us and His prayers being answered better than our prayers, we'll find that we get better at prayer. And prayer is a skill to to, um, be adoring God as we come to Him, to know Him more deeply as we talk to Him, to align our wills more and more with His. So even as we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit is bringing the Father prayers that we would know better how to pray. And so just pray. And pray and pray and pray. Pray asking for things. Pray asking for things for others. Pray giving, thing, giving thanksgiving. Pray asking for forgiveness. And pray just adoring God. Because He is worthy of all praise. He is worthy of all praise. Um, So I want to get to two practical tips. We are coming into land here. Let's adore God in every prayer. In every one. There are many kinds of prayer. As I said, there are prayers of repentance. There are prayers of thanksgiving. There are prayers of asking for things for ourselves and others. Not every prayer has to include every kind of prayer. Not every prayer has to be all those things. But every prayer can be adoring. Every prayer can be worshipful. If you start your prayer, dear God, mean dear God. If you start your prayer, Heavenly Father, think about the greatness of having a Father in heaven who is king over all. Every prayer can be adoring. Even if it needs to be a quick prayer, someone has a need right now. I need to pray with someone right now, and there's a focus that is, that I need to get to their needs quickly. We can always adore God in all of those prayers. That's one. Adore God in every prayer. I'm not asking you to, to that 50% of every prayer is, is God and then is the person next to you. I'm just saying adore God in every prayer, right? And two is make time to just adore God in prayer. Now, it is good to make time, to make plans for all sorts of prayer. Um, 
I have people who have asked me to pray for them. Write it down, make a plan. Tomorrow I'm going to pray for this person, this person, this person. Next day I'm going to pray for this person, this person, this person. That's all good. Let's do that. But right now I'm specifically asking for, let's make time to just pray in worship. With music or without it, with scripture open or not, scripture open is a really good idea. But let's just make time. Let's get into the habit of sitting down and just praising God. Let's practice our adoration of Him. Let's get really good at it because as we get better at it, remember, it's for our good and it's just appropriate. It's for our good and it becomes more wonderful for us and God becomes more delightful to us and His will becomes more our will or our will becomes more His will, doesn't it? That's the direction it goes. So let's give ourselves intentionally to adoring prayer. Adoring, praying to God, and praying to God, adoring Him. I want to close this time in prayer, and then Josh is going to lead us in communion. I'd love for you to pray with me. God Almighty, you are worthy of all praise, and so we praise you. Your words are delightful. Your kindnesses, uncountable. And we can only marvel at your plan from the very beginning to bring us into communion with you by the precious blood of your son, Jesus. By your spirit, guide us to grow in adoration of you. May we praise you all the more, whether in private or in fellowship. And may our joy in you increase with our praise. What great mercy What great sacrificial love that we can stand before you bearing the name of Jesus, washed clean by his blood, and be your children too. Thank you, Lord. In the holy, spotless, powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.